Hey kids, you're listening to Nothing in Moderation with Travis and Mike. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on this regularly scheduled dumpster fire. You can catch us on all the social medias under at Nothing in Mod Pod. So let's go ahead and get this hillbilly hog fight underway. I said go instead of record. I said go instead of record. I also uh, hit record before I said go. So I'm going to have a little bit of a ex- extra up front. But that's what I did too. Oh, you counted down on record? Yep. <laughs> well, shit. This is going to be wild. I'll, 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 it's going to take me fucking hours to get this shit linked up later. I severely doubt it. You seem to do that shit in like all of fucking 10 minutes after it's uploaded. So you're getting better. I'm a little at it better. For sure. I'm a little better at it now than I was. But God, the first couple of times I had to do it, that shit took me fucking like 15, 20 minutes. Cause like I think yeah, I have I mean, it linked up and then I'd get 10 minutes into the conversation and it would severely overlap. Like it just, it was a mess. Yeah, but you're learning. That's the important part. Yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that that's, uh, that's something I need to be learning. Or where is it? Who knows? Maybe I'm going to be an editor in my grown up life. Maybe someday. Maybe, Maybe someday. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Nothing, man. Just fucking same shit as always. Stressing at the news cycle. I just need to quit paying attention to it. Oh my god. The I I I use Apple News. Like I I pay for it because it um it comes with automatic subscriptions to a lot of the major papers. Um, but like I have the notifications turned on and. Like 70, 70% of the shit that comes across my phone every day just makes me want to punch myself in the face for even having notifications turned on. I know that I've sent you an article before or we'll be talking about something and all of a sudden you'll get a an Apple notification about it being in the news. Yeah, yeah, that's happened before too. It's like, hey, Apple, where were you fucking 30 seconds ago? Maybe I should be paying Listening. Travis to fucking send me my news. He beat Travis is so entrenched in the Reddit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh god. Yeah, it's fucking it's it's wild out there in these streets. So. Dude, the the big one I saw and I think I sent this to you was mm-hmm. that people in Portland are being arrested for um, disobeying a lawful order or something at a protest. Yeah. And then they get they get their first appearance and their conditional release on first appearance is not to attend any rallies or or protests or anything mm-hmm. in the run up to them having their court date. So it's kind of like if you get arrested for a domestic violence incident or whatever, they'll put a temporary injunction against you until yeah. it gets to court and gets dropped or gets upheld, something like that. Uh-huh. Well, the, the ACLU is getting involved in this particular situation, uh, saying that it's unconstitutional for someone to mandate a judge to mandate that a condition of release is to not exercise your first amendment rights just because yeah. you got arrested while exercising your first amendment rights. Yeah. That's crazy. So, well, let me ask you this comparison. Okay. Because, because people who are second amendment advocates are, are typically very strong as such. If you get arrested for a domestic violence incident in the state of Florida, one of the default things that gets put in place against you is no possession of firearms, no purchase of firearms pending 
the drop of the temporary injunction or the upholding of it to a permanent injunction. So wouldn't that too be a violation of your constitutional rights as, Um, as a condition pending your release? So yeah, on paper, probably I I would say yes to that. Um, in practicality, I've, especially having worked in bail bonds, I've, I've seen that, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that also happens, especially in Florida is that 99% of the time, if a cop shows up for domestic disturbance, fucking somebody's going to jail. Right. I think we talked about that last week or the week before we, but you know, so, so you're, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Somebody's going to jail. Um, you know, so maybe there wasn't anything violent going on, but there's also, you know, those guys out there that get arrested for domestic violence, go to jail for it, go home after they get out of jail, get their gun and then go and murder or even further harm the person. Um, so I think there's a case to be made for in that scenario, you not being allowed to possess or purchase new firearms, but also at the same time making the case that you can't you can't say I can't go out and protest my First Amendment right because I was out protesting my First Amendment right. I don't know that there's you know parallels there. I think, aside from I think the th- definitely black and white of it, right? And I think that's where the argument will come in is rather than looking at the totality of circumstances, it's very specific. If I didn't break a gun law. Why am I told I'm not allowed to have guns, but if while protesting, while exercising that amendment, I commit a crime, you're not told that you can't do it again. I think one of the other things that that we don't think about is domestic violence is typically a violent crime. Um, It doesn't have to be, certainly, um, but it is most often a a violent crime. Um, And I, I think that I don't think there's anything protesting, you know, especially just a misdemeanor, not obeying a lawful command or whatever they're arresting these people on. Um, right. That, that makes it a, that would make it a violent crime. You know, most, you know, and in that, that other scenario, like that domestic violence and the, you're, you're not necessarily, it's not, it's domestic violence, but it's, it's, it's the violence behind it. Um, so I think there's right. a, a difference there too, and an argument to be made, but I, you know, I, I see, you know, I, I, I can see someone making that Second Amendment argument, you know, against the ACLU when the ACLU ends up in court over this. So, you know, I don't well, I don't not, agree with it. And, and I, I can, you know, I can do, you know, the maneuvers to make it, you know, seem legit. I just, you know, it's weird. Right. And, and you know, the same the same topic of argument recently in the state of Florida, felons were granted the right to vote. But then the state passed some sort of legislature. Um, that they, if they had outstanding debts to the court or something like that, as a result of their prosecution and imprisonment and stuff that they're not allowed to vote until they've wiped out those debts and then come to find out that the state of Florida doesn't even know necessarily what is owed or to whom they just know that there is a quote unquote balance. So they're going to stop these, um, convicted felons who are now out of prison from voting. So that, that brings up the same concept of, so you were arrested whether it's for protesting or domestic violence or bank robbery or whatever it is. And there's definitely advocates for convicted felons to have voting rights. 
But if you're getting granted back your constitutional rights, or they're saying that they should never have been taken from you to start with, does that include the right to own a firearm? Um, I would assume in most cases, yes, it should, or, or I know it doesn't, but it should. Um, because I assume if you're being, most murderers aren't, and I, well, I don't know. Some murderers are walking free after fucking, you know, 15 or 20 years. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Cause I, you know, I don't want somebody who murdered somebody or raped somebody getting out 20 years later and being able to, you know, or, you know, if you're a college white kid, um, you know six months later or two months later. Right. Um, being able what to get out and shit show and, that was, um, being able to get out and pos- immediately possess a firearm. If you've, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, the, the weird thing about the state of Florida using the, the balance owed is all of them owe a balance guaranteed because nobody, right. 99% of the time, nobody was paying those court costs and fines for them while they were locked up. They're not making any money. Right. They're essentially slave labor while they're locked up in, in, to, to varying circumstances, depending upon where you are and what programs you get involved in. Like you're, you know, you're working in shit and you're not really making any money. They're not paying you. Or if they are, it's, you know, enough to get you a snack at commissary once a day. Um, you know, so they're not coming out with money. They're not coming out with any skills to get money. You know, they're, you're, you're, you're just continually just shitting on them after, you know, a guy that got arrested for fucking selling weed gets done doing fucking 15 years for it. Right. And we've discussed that topic too, being, you know, using an extreme example or an example that we, we would rather hold to the light and say is a ridiculous example. Yeah. But, and, and there's always arguments to be made from multiple directions on the quote unquote slave labor versus, you know, free room and board, so to speak. And I remember EP made the comment one time that he didn't believe that sex offenders should have to be registered after they've served prison time. And Hmm. I asked him, you know, to explain what he, what his qualification or justification for that was versus, um, when I worked in law enforcement, people were registered as sex offenders if they met certain criteria and then certain severities of crime had regular intervals of, you know, verify that they're at the residence and here's how much leeway they have and here's how often they have to change their address or how quickly and, and shit like that. And EP's point was if jail slash prison is meant to punish people then the time served needs to be the punishment for your crime. And if you've served your time, you've paid your debt and you shouldn't have any further consequences from it, whether, you know, it's continued revocation of constitutionally guaranteed rights, or if it's, you know, having to be monitored or checked in on or anything like that. He's like, either we need to have a system if it's a punishment based system rather than a rehabilitation system, we need to have a punishment system to where someone is given a punishment for their crime. If they fulfill the obligation of that punishment, the crime is no longer held against them. And I think that's an interesting way to, to look at it. it. And you'd have to have a little bit more rigid punishment schedule. That way this guy doesn't get this and this guy gets this. And then they've both committed the same crime, but one person's, repayment debt is less than another's. Yeah. See, and one of the problems I think we have with, um, using the, our, just our criminal justice system and, you know, just to be general as a punishment instead of a rehabilitation type of thing is, is 
I think there are lots of crimes that you need to be rehabilitated from, and there are crimes that you probably just need to be punished for and sent on your way. You know, I think drug possession is one of those things that's probably, you know, if you get caught with, you know, a fucking, I don't I don't know what a, a discernible weight of personal use cocaine would be, but an eight ball, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't even know what that weighs, but um, if you get caught with an eight ball, you probably don't need rehabilitation more on this art you know on a lot of level you probably need a little bit of both you know but they're it, i don't know our fucking our criminal justice system while it it works in some ways it's fucked up in others and like it just doesn't like as i'm sitting here talking out loud like i'm i want to argue against myself so right like I, you know you need drug rehabilitation in that in the scenario i was trying to make but i don't know that prison is the place to get that i, I well in I don't, it's, I don't know that they're it's, offering It's a that. place for for lower and middle class people to get clean, or at least a better it, opportunity to get clean not, than walking the streets. It does not work that way. <laughs> no, I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm just saying yeah. a, an isolated environment with X number of days to, in theory, yeah. not have access to a substance that you have a, a chemical dependency or an emotional dependency on. Should the, the guards are bringing in and selling to, to you. <laughs> right. That's why I said in theory. <laughs> That's a different argument, though. So, but that's, you know, see, that's the other problem. I, There's so many fucking rabbit holes. Like you, you know, like you, you can fucking take a right on any scenario you can come up with about, you know, something else. Right. And you know, people who violate those laws when they're charged with being, I don't want to say guardians too, but essentially yeah. their role is to be a parent, mm-hmm. you know, while also being an enforcer, which a parent is, but that's why the penalties are so steep in theory, when those people get caught doing those types of crimes, you know, introduction of contraband to a, a, a criminal detention facility in the state of Florida carries a heavier penalty than just the possession of that shit out on the street, getting caught by a cop. I think I told you the story about yeah. a guy that we ended up stopping and he, you know, once he realized he was going to jail for possession with intent to distribute, he very specifically said, make sure you search me really, really well. Cause I don't want to get fucked for bringing this stuff into the jail. Because he because he knew the penalty was going to be a more significant situation if he brought it into the jail, and you know the the penalty should be steeper on the people who are charged with guarding slash protecting inmates. Yeah, absolutely. But Ashley and I have a friend who works um, as a consultant in the rehabilitation industry, and you know she obviously doesn't name any names because that'd be inappropriate, but. It's interesting because she's very intelligent and she's educated and her perspective on it is a little bit different because the clients that she works with are typically more well-to-do CEOs, kids of CEOs, you know, politicians, potentially doctors, people who change right. They've got the scratch to, to go to an expensive facility. Whereas, you know, people who have addiction issues and are poor, Mm-hmm. don't so jail may be the closest thing they get to a quote unquote rehab facility or at least a get clean facility but it doesn't address any of the the mental addiction issues that are there just like you know we talked about um a good friend of ours had a, a real drinking problem i mean to the point yeah. of what do you whether you want to call it alcoholism or addiction or whatever it was and the person used to you know get out of hand and get into fights and, you know, Mm -hmm. crash a car or shit like that. And before I knew any better, I'm like, Hey man, you probably just need to stop drinking and drinking. Isn't the root of the issue. 
the yeah. root is much deeper and, and it gets exacerbated from the drinking. Absolutely. And once, once he was able to get to the point where he was identifying where the issue was coming from, he, he quit drinking and, and, you know, has been much, much better. Mm-hmm. But that, that the whole getting to the root of the issue comes back to the addiction concept. It comes back to, you know, the criminal justice system. And it even comes back to when you and I were talking about, well, if we have more cops, we can arrest more people and we can enforce more laws, but you're not addressing why are people committing crimes? And, yeah. and it's obviously not as simple of a psychological concept as, well, they're criminals. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's their motivation? Because modus operandi yeah. MO is something that is built into the criminal justice criminology mentality. So why are they committing crimes? Yeah. What are they, what are they benefiting from it? Okay. Well, he's breaking into cars to steal stuff. Okay. What's he doing with what he steals? Oh, he's yeah. selling it. Okay. What's he selling it for? Well, he's going to yeah. get money to do what? Yeah. Buy drugs. Okay. Why didn't well, he have money for drugs? <laughs> and I think in some scenarios, when you get to what is he using the money for? And it could be stealing car, stealing money from or things from cars, whatever. Maybe he's using it to buy drugs. But there's a good possibility that he's using it because he lives in a poverty-stricken area that he can't get out of, and he's using it to pay rent or get his next meal or, you know. And, and I don't think our criminal justice system figures out those things and then directs them to the proper area. Everybody goes to jail, effectively, instead of, you know, do you need to go to rehab? Do you need a social worker? Do you need, you know, what do you need? Why are you doing well, that? You know, Right, because the prevailing thought process is, well, just work really hard and you'll be okay. Yeah. And okay. while that, that quote-unquote may work for yeah. a large number of people, a large number of people are not the ones out committing crimes. Yeah. And on the surface, I mean, that 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 work hard and you can you can make it is is true on the surface. But if you're if you're and, and there are many different backgrounds and many different things you can you can have have happened to you in life. But like if you literally are swimming to the surface with a weight you know, and the weight changes based on what you've got going on, socioeconomic status, you know, childhood. There's a million factors that change the amount of weight that's on the medicine ball that's stopping you from getting to the surface. You know, and right. some people are above the surface and flying. And, and sure, you, you've got to swim harder to get up, you know, and, and so you're, all of it takes some sort of or some level of hard work. But if your hard work isn't directed in the right area at the right problem, you're fucking, you're just swimming in circles with the weight on well, you. Especially, like it, you know, this, Right, and especially if you lack guidance or a clear path or someone yeah. to help you find it or someone who yeah. has done it or, you know, mm-hmm. that's like we talked about balancing checkbooks. Yeah. I, I have no idea how to quote unquote balance a checkbook. I'm sure it's simple, it, quote unquote, simple math. So I'm, yeah. I can figure it out. But if you don't have someone to there, teach you, yeah. there's lots of people you don't there know that how couldn't. to. Right. And yeah. that's like, oh, I, I see people on the social medias are like, oh, well, you know, they should quit worrying about art class and they should teach kids uh, how to do their taxes. Well, why don't you teach your kids how to do your taxes? Yeah. yeah. Well, because I go to H&R Block. Okay. So oh. then that's what you're going to breed Sweet. as a habit. That's that parent. Kids follow in the habits and, of their parents, whether it's, you know, sports or going education to H&R or Block profession. And, and teaching your kids to, to fucking don't worry about this. Just take it to H&R Block. Ain't nothing wrong with that. 
but you, your it. argument, yeah, but your argument can't be, well, why doesn't this person know how to do their taxes if you yourself don't know how to do your fucking taxes? I you agree know, like, with you. You know, it's just, and, and I know you do. Like, I just, you know, if I can, we, you know, and it's 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 right throughout our entire society, like people are not given the direction that they are needing. You know, they're they're pigeonholed into one scenario or another that is their quote unquote problem. And whether that's a problem or their only problem, that's all, you know, we don't, we don't give them that freedom. You know, we're too busy asking, why don't they know how to, why aren't we teaching them how to do their taxes? Why are we teaching them art instead of, instead of, you know, fucking, we can do both. (laughs) Like we can, we can teach them about art and we can teach them how to do their taxes if we set the system up better. Right, and I so. think we we saw some sort of post on social media where where an Apple representative was talking about we're investing in this and we're investing in this and investing yeah. in this to help to help kids. And somebody said, "Well, <laughs> rather than you doing what you're doing, why don't you do this?" Because that's yeah. where their priorities were. Or the statement's been made about Democrats or Republicans. Why are they so focused on this? Why can't they work on this? Yeah. And the response should be: Are you only capable of doing one thing at a time? 100% of the time you're in existence. Yeah. No, that people should be able to multitask or have, you know, multiple projects are working on, but you know, I don't know if you ever met MIT Tim. He's a, a bu- shout out to MIT a guy Tim, that hung though. What? <laughs> I said, shout out to MIT Tim though. Yeah. I mean, he super fucking smart guy, dude. It was one of EP's buddies and you know, he came from a, a rough, upbringing like you're talking about with a broken home and you know mom wasn't always the best to him even though she was a surviving parent and they struggled with money and stuff like that he completely killed it in school and ap exams and sats and all that shit and he got accepted into mit hence why he is mit tim and he was presented with a situation of i got offered to go to the best tech school in the entire country but you know potentially even the entire world but it's financially impossible, you know, so you're potentially losing a great mind in a situation like this because of that struggle. And obviously MIT is a private school, but MIT made the comment. They're like, listen, you got in, you're going to be able to go one way or another. We'll figure it out. And they helped him get through the process. And, and, you know, smaller public or private schools have the ability to, to work more directly hands-on with students, but That's one of those things that for his situation, because he persevered with the hard work, it worked out for him. You know, he Mm -hmm. very well could have gotten into MIT and they could have been like, oh man, you're poor. Fuck you. Good luck at community college or whatever. There are probably colleges out there that that would have done that. They would have said, eat a dick. Sorry about your luck. Like, thanks for applying, but if you can't afford it. Right. I don't think Harvard's one of them. And if Harvard is one of them, fuck them because their fucking endowment's what, like a billion dollars? Y'all got y'all got some money laying around to help out this fucking kid that that met every other qual you know every other qualification you have, you know. But right, but I'm, I, sure, and I'm, not I'm sure there to... are colleges out there that that would say, eh, "Sorry about your luck." Yeah, so, I, hopefully I'm your third choice you can afford. <laughs> like, so. that's what I did. I went to my to my third choice school. I yeah, I I just wasted my time. So, well, I mean, I did too. Ultimately, fuck, that's bullshit. But, that's a whole no. We could do. I could do a whole fucking podcast on why college is stupid. So, you know, and I, I don't, and I don't, and I don't say that because I think college is stupid 
as a whole. I just know college now. I know now that college is stupid for me. So Right, and you're not <clears throat> trashing secondary school or secondary learning or no. advanced learning. Yeah, no, not at all. Just how fucked up the school system got when yeah. they started taking government loans and then fucking quadruple mm-hmm. tuition in five years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and listen, we don't need a society full of fucking business degrees. Sorry about your luck, Timothy. Like, I got, I, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. So. Well, fuck, <laughs> well, man. that's sweet. You, you, got a, you got a business degree and now you're a bartender. Yeah, pretty much. How's that working out for you? Fucking. Actually, the the bar that I used to hang out in in high school mm-hmm. <laughs> slash early college, the Critters? the bartender. Mm-hmm. No, same kind of dive. It, when we used to, I used to hang out at the Blind Pig for the first round. Yeah, it uh, the bartender there, uh, Jason. You know, you hang out there enough, and you end up talking to the bartender about the bartender instead of him talking to you about you. Jason was like a software engineer, computer science engineer, and talking to him it was like yeah i worked at one place and then you get offered more money and you go there and you get off more money and you go there and then you go to like a third or a fourth place and then they start replacing you with people fresh out of college because you're making twice what they are and those guys are thirsty and they don't care anymore he's like and then you made a bad name for yourself he's like so i wrote a point of sale software that we use at the bar hey there you go and yeah i i mean i i don't you know what's weird is like i've i've never i've never been the type to want to work for myself um, but the, like the industry I'm in, it's just full of such shitty companies that, that like, I, I, I don't want to do anything but work for myself at some point. Like I, cause I'm, I'm going to end up like, I'm going to end up in that scenario that he was in where I'm, I'm pretty much making the top of my, you know, salary wise for the industry and the position and what I do. Like I, you know, right. I'm probably towards the top of the, the salary range for that job. And like, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know, you know, that I haven't many other choices, you know, cause it, it's just, you know, it's going to get to the point where they're going to be hiring me 10 years ago, you know? So right, it's a, it's a tough situation to be in, but I, you know, I, I didn't, you know, until recently I didn't realize the benefit of trying to. A, like we've talked about many times, having multiple streams of income so that there's always something to fall back on or, you know, not be left out in the cold over. Because I, I, I know it when I was younger and I didn't worry about it as much because I was young. But like I, you know, with one stream of income, I, I would have been fucked, for lack of a better term, had I lost my job. You know, I wouldn't have had a fallback right. of, of any kind. And now I, you know, we're not making any money off the podcast, but like... I would like to grow the podcast into one of those streams of income, even if it's smaller, you know, just for, you know, something to, to be there. So. Right. And the whole idea of keep creating, whether, whether this specific item ever becomes something, the idea is that you're sharpening your teeth or cutting your teeth and you're, you're honing a skill set that you may potentially use later. And, you know, (laughs) we talked about Rick and Morty last week and the creator of Rick and Morty had a bunch of small things that, each one was either a little better or a little worse than the one before it, before he eventually found something. And Elon Musk talked about that with, you know, the first business I started failed spectacularly and everything Mm -hmm. that he did, he's like, I just kept trying and I came up with an idea and I did this and I did this and it got a little less bad each time until eventually you get past the threshold and you actually do something well. In his case, he made PayPal. Yeah. And then he sold it. Now he can afford to hire people to do the things that are, you know, that are, better than he is at the things he wants to do. 
So. Yeah. And he also identifies that concept of surrounding yourself with people that are better at their job than you are versus I need to be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. See, and I, I, so. and I know it's probably been a while since we, we talked about it, but like with the podcast, like I, you know, one of the, probably one of the first things that I would pay somebody else to do if we ever made money off this is fucking edit and produce this shit. Like that's, that's hard fucking work. Like it's not, you know, and, and I, I could do a hundred things more than what I currently do to get the podcast edited and, and out. Um, you know, but even, you know, we'll record for about an hour or whatever tonight and then, you know, it'll, I'll spend about another hour, you know, but there are people out there that, that they spend fucking five, six, seven hours editing a 60 minute podcast. Yeah. You I know, mean, I go in and they remove every little breath and every, every, um, and every, uh, and you know, and that's not our format. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever do that. Um, because it's, you know, it's, it's just you and I kind of bullshitting. Uh, so it, right. I think, I think those uhs and ums and, you know, interruptions and shit add to the dynamic for me personally. You know, if you fucking disagree, let me know. And I, I might take them out, but I doubt it. Um, but like, it's just one of those things where like the very first fucking thing I'm handing off when we have the, the financial ability to, if this ever goes or when this goes somewhere, cause I'm fucking fuck if it's when, um, like I'm, I'm heading, I'm handing that shit off. We're fucking paying somebody. <laughs> no, I hear you. And, and I've never done the podcast editing. I've done both linear and nonlinear video editing mm-hmm. and it's similar. Yeah. It's probably know, the a little amount of time easier. that you spend. Um, I mean, you still have the audio tracks and stuff that you have to yeah. work with that's and video I'm, tracks and double. You, Cause you got to sync up the video and the audio throughout your cuts and shit. So it's probably a little, that's why I think the video is a little harder, but, but sorry, I, it, that doesn't matter. <laughs> No, just cut that part out. But yeah, fuck that. <laughs> no, the uh, the where I was going with it is people who have never tried their hand at it don't understand that the amount of time it takes to to do everything after it's done being shot can typically take longer than the amount of time it took to shoot it. You know, that was trying to explain to people, hey, you know, for for every sixty minutes of footage you take if you're making, you know, you're trying to make something of quality, you have about a minute of usable footage. That's yeah. why things are, you know, you do so many takes and you do this and you do that and you do, then you do voiceover and post, you know, production mm-hmm. and then you do this and that. And when some people had unrealistic expectations about, well, you know, I, I want like this 30 minute episode of something. It's like, all right, well you can't shoot eight hours worth of footage tonight between four different cameras and expect me to have something by end of day tomorrow that it just doesn't exist yeah. that way. Cause yeah, I still have to watch it all. Well, you know. and one of the other things that, that adds into that is like, there's a lot of technology in editing, you know, and to just, just to stick, cause like, I, because I've been looking, I've talked about our remodel, like we're, we're probably like a week or so out from being able to move our bedroom and stuff out into the old studio slash, uh, dumpster. Um, and I'm going to have an entire room in the house to build out an office to work out of, but also to have some studio stuff in. And I've been looking at a different equipment and shit that I would like to have. And like on top of the time, like the money you have to spend to legit, and I'm sure it's, it's even more expensive, you know, for video, like the, the amount of money you spend on the equipment, like you know, that's why the shit's not, you know, it, 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 for me, it doesn't add up, you know, to spend another thousand dollars on equipment to make editing easier. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, on top of my time, like, hey, fuck all that. And with video, it's and even I mean, worse. <laughs> and you can eat into that really quickly. I mean, your laptop will do the video editing and the audio editing and stuff. 
but even just to have a decent camera to have a single sided video stream type deal. Oh, I mean, yeah. you could do it with oh. a GoPro or whatever, but if but you're getting you're it with like a, a tent, <laughs> <laughs> right. But I was thinking just with like a fairly entry level 1080 camera. Cause I, I told you about a video series that I want to do a couple of different ones, but then I'm looking at the cameras to do the actual primary shoot. And it's like, all right, well you're in it for minimum 350 bucks, but probably more like 550 to 650 and then a mic and then a this. And it's like, okay, well I'm at a thousand dollars before I even have anything serious. And you don't need to spend $5,000 on a camera no. to do it. No, not at all. But, but you, you know, <laughs> if you think you're going to get into it for fucking 50 bucks, you know, but then there's also just these assholes be- out here shooting fucking full cinematic movies on a fucking iPhone, you know, just making you look sorry as fuck. So I got to figure know, out those, those guys, guys routine too. <laughs> well, and, and those are people that have, those are typically people who are not just picking it up and saying, I'm going to try something and, and going from there. It's Absolutely. people that have done it before and are able to, it's the idea of a slow car driven fast versus a fast car driven slow. If you have a wheelman in a Toyota Tercel, he may be able to still go around the track faster than you if if you're a clunky clunky elephant in a Corvette. Yeah. You know? So it, Did you just call me fat? There's, no, I called you clunky. <laughs> oh, okay. And you have a good memory. Yeah, you're right. But <laughs> anyway. So, but I digress. But I digress. So the um so yeah, no. We've uh we really fucking we really ran the gamut, buddy. We're fucking we got we got politics, we got fucking life. We got fucking Yeah. We got fucking podcast insights. Speaking of podcast now insights, we got um we have magnets. We got ma- our magnets are in. So, um the couple of you that I know I still owe a sticker to, I was holding up because I knew the magnets were coming. I was going to mail them last week, but I knew I knew I was going to get the magnets, so I am waiting. I will include a magnet for uh the couple of you that are waiting for a sticker. So if you're listening to this, man and you've not gotten a sticker yet, you'll be getting a sticker and a magnet. That means the fans are getting magnets before I get one. That is correct. So, sorry about your luck, shitbird. That's cool. That's all right. I would probably yeah. just lose it or spend it in inappropriately anyway. I was reminded when we got the magnets that inside the interior of my home, I don't really have anything that uh, is metal that would be like good for taking a picture of the magnet to display. Because uh, like my refrigerator is that stainless shit, so it doesn't. It's not magnetic. So and the the side of it would be magnetic, but the way my kitchen is built out, there's a piece of wood blocking the side of my fridge. So I didn't really have anything in the house to stick it to, and it's fucking balls hot outside. So I didn't take it outside and put it on the truck yet. So I will uh, I'll do that. I'll do that tomorrow because I actually have to leave the house tomorrow. Cute. Cute. So if you guys want a magnet or a sticker or something, we're yep. we're addressing t-shirts and hats soon potentially. Yeah, uh, we're, we're talking about, about calendars. What? God, nothing in moderation calendar would be awesome. I would like to do a boudoir yeah. shoot, you and I. Hey, do you know how funny calendar. that would be? That would be fucking Jesus hysterical. Christ. We just we, need to actually right, hang we'll talk, out. We'll talk off air about that. And I still so, want to get because I know a photographer calendar made. I know a photographer that would probably do that fairly inexpensively for us i think i know who that is but yep, you might so you want to do the vegan update real quick before you go down memory lane or are you doing yeah, memory lane some. this week no 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 i i don't think I, I didn't have anything in memory lane pop up that was uh worth a shit or that made any sense to me i think i deleted other things that would have correlated with the the ones that were left so i was uh Man. i didn't i didn't i don't have anything this week that's not i don't think that's going to be able to be an every week thing unfortunately 
because I, I actually the last really, couple of weeks I haven't seen shit pop up that was worth fucking reading out loud. I really like that that bit, you know, the yeah. memory lane with Mike himself, and then it's got the soft music behind it. I got to come up with, yeah, I got to work on that this, maybe this weekend. I'll try to get a, a little, a little, a little jingle done for that. So. You have to do the vegan update. I think kind of ripping off the uh, weekend update sound. Yeah. Not necessarily oh, the audio, but the oh, way they yeah. deliver the weekend yep. update with Mike himself uh, and Travis D. Nice. Or something like of the sorts. All right. We'll work on that. Write that down. Remind me this weekend. <laughs> Write that down. Write that down. So, down. so for, for my vegan update, uh, we came off diet this weekend because we oh. were doing carnivore. Yeah. And you know, you know how it is drinking some beers and all of a sudden you're like, man, beers, drinking beers, beers. And you, uh, you're like, man, I want to eat and I want to eat off diet, but I'm going to eat shit for food. I just want to be a gross fat ass. So we ordered Taco Bell and we were gross fat asses. Yeah. Yeah. So then I had an internal conversation slash Irish bar fight, uh, about who makes the better dessert taco bell with their delicious cinnamon bites or tijuana flats with their cookie dough flautas all right well i need a clarification before i give you the answer and just know ahead of time that the clarification does not change my answer um you are you talking like the cinnamon twist like the crunchy cinnamon sugar coated things or are we talking about the cinnabon that they don't have anymore you think they don't have them anymore. They had them this weekend, but no, not those stupid fucking stale ass churros. Okay. I saw a video that, that said those were fucking just pieces of pasta and I don't think it's true. I think it's bullshit, but hang on. Let me check my Taco Bell app. Cause I am pretty sure my Taco Bell does not have them anymore. Well, I know that the last time that we got Taco Bell, I mentioned to, to the old lady that she should have gotten those. And I was disappointed in her and she said they weren't on the menu, but, when we, because oh, we have our food back. delivered. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fuck. It still doesn't change my answer. Go ahead though. No. So you finish your story. So you believe the cookie dough flautas are the, are the correct that is, item. That is absolutely correct. I, uh, I can't say that I disagree, but I also won't say I agree because I would need them both in front of me. And when the cinnamon bun bites were warm and gooey, Here's- I was like, oh, these definitely give those flautas a run for the money. Those Cinnabon bites are, they are, they are, they have a, they have the ability to be just like, um, Hot Pockets or pizza rolls. Like Tostino's pizza rolls? Yeah. The, in, in, in that, on the outside, they are warm and in the right temperature range to eat. And on the inside, they either they are either still frozen or scalding fucking hot. Those are the only two. Like that's my problem. They're they're inconsistent. There's no there's no consistency in in them, and it's probably Taco Bell's fault, not the dessert itself's fault. Um, but I just can't trust it. And if I can't trust the consistency, then I got to stick with with TJ's and their consistent ass cookie dough flautas. I guess that's a a fair thing. I, uh, yeah. ours turned out perfectly right, it and I, it, it's, but it's like the, the French fry conversation that we had. I don't know if ever made to actual air. I feel like 
Checkers French fries, when they're correct, are the best French fry offering of any fast food place. But it's a hit and miss game. You could have a fucking 44 ounce cup of badass French fries, or you could have any size cup full of shit that's going to break a tooth. See, and, and when it comes to checkers, I specifically like the crunchier they are, the more. I, but I like my fries crispy anyway. Um, like right. I, I will typically ask for my fries well done when I go to, Oof. you know, like like a like Chili's or whatever. Like literally, when the when the fucking timer goes off, you you fucking you set it for a minute and you just let them ride. Then bring yeah, but those. those are a little bit different. Those are the ones from like Chili's and stuff have more mass to them. They're actual potato, not but I, I want them at all. Bullshit. Like I, I at McDonald's, like when I worked at McDonald's, I would, I would leave the fries down an extra 30 or 40 seconds to get that little extra bit of crispiness on them. So that um, they're all hollow when you bite into them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want that snap. That. Ah, oh, I love it. They and also shattered. like somewhat mushy fries. Like I, you know, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm really all over the place with my fries. I don't want them cold. I fucking hate cold fries. You're a psychopath. If you eat cold fries. Um, Jen's going to punch me in the face fries. for that one when she hears this tomorrow. I know that, but, uh, um, fries are definitely an item that don't keep well. I don't mind that to Jen, <laughs> Jen, Jen fucking, she wants them cold. She prefers them that way. Gross. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But you know, it's one of those things that, you know, no matter what, I still love her and I just, right. you know, I can't, you know, I just, you know, some things you just, you learn, you learn after the fact and you can't, you <laughs> it's can't too late them. to go back. Yeah, you can't. Well, no, no, no. I would never go back over fries, but you, you can't. You just can't change her now. You know. No, I hear you. you. Gotta. You know, it is. It is what it is. I love you, baby. Even though you like cold fries, I, and I think that's weird. I think uh, when we do the calendar, if we do the boudoir calendar, or we do the buttholes of Africa, or both, that uh, instead of having traditional holidays on the calendar, we should have the International Beer Day, International Tequila Day, International yeah, French be, Fry Day. That would be yeah, yeah. I agree with that. We should do that. Nice. I don't know. We probably need to get started on the calendar kind of soon if we want it to be ready by the end of the year. <laughs> right. I, I already talked to a guy about minimum order quantity and stuff like that. Nice. So I'm trying this time. I'm not waiting until oh. December to try and figure it out. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't have anything really to add to the vegan update. Um, my what's your I need to know what's your go to Taco Bell order? Like if you just want to be a fat piece of shit, what's your what's your go to Taco Bell order? The one thing I'm getting no matter what when I go to Taco Bell is the cheesy gordita crunch. Okay. Ashley gets that's, the Mexican pizza. That's her jam. Um, yeah, Jen, and then she Jen's always gets a case gordita crunch. Yeah, it's because it's the right thing to buy. Well, you get with potatoes instead of beef. Right. Now, so. tell her to try it with a, ranch, a cool ranch taco or a fiery cheese taco if they have them because well, that makes it that. better. Yes. Well, I mean, they oh, used to. delicious. So my current go-to at Taco Bell is the spicy potato soft taco, um, but I leveled bad. that shit. I leveled that shit up today because I had Taco Bell for lunch. Um, if you get it with pico and sour cream, it fucking it levels so it's a it up. Supreme, yeah. Well, no, no, no. You got to get the pico. Don't ask for it supreme. Ask for pico and ask for sour cream because it's, if supreme is just tomatoes and sour cream. You, they have that. They have pico that they. It's like onions, tomatoes, cilantro, like it. You know, um, get get pico, get sour cream. Levels up the spicy potato soft taco. It's fucking amazing. However, before 
previous to my a vegetarianism, but b inability to really eat a lot of fried foods. Um, my every no matter what when I'm going to Taco Bell, I was always getting a, a fucking beef chalupa. Always. I dig the chalupas, but when the, the cheesy gordita crunch came out, it took over. I just can't. My problem with the gordita is that it's. I don't like the the soft shell. Like I just, you know, like I don't. I don't like it. If I wanted a pita, I would get fucking Greek food. Yeah, oh. I guess. Have Fry you had a double D's up, from? Throw uh, it at my face. Have you? Have I had a what? Have you had a double D's from Gringos Locos? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Double D's. I I see, and I like the double D's. And I I, I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. I, it's the I, same now that I think about it, it's the same concept. Yeah. yeah, I think that's mo- more what it is. It's more of like an actual, just a taco shell versus a, like a, it's literally like Taco Bell is almost like a pita. Right. The, the double D is what, like when Taco Bell used to do the double decker tacos. The dub, yeah, is the double, yeah, the double decker. D is. Yeah. Except so. instead of bean paste, it's got cheese. Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. Cheese. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything really to add to the vegan update. Uh, the wife and I went to uh, Dixie Dharma. They opened one in Sanford. Um, and there's like a little, I don't know, it's right in downtown, but there's like, a, it's a long building. It's, a, it's almost like a hall. Uh, and at one end of it, there's like a bar. And then throughout it, there's like a, a mixture of different restaurants and shit. It's called Henry's Depot, I believe, is the main name of the building. Um, okay. but there's a Dixie Dharma in there. There's a, su- there's a sub shop in there that looked like it got some pretty good stuff. There's a coffee shop. There's a seafood place that wasn't open yet, um, but will probably be opening soon from what I could tell. Um, but there's also a place called Greenery Creamery, which is all vegan ice cream. So they'll be open next time we go in there. We'll, I'll check that out and get a, get a review from that place. But the, uh, Dixie Dharma, they got, uh, you know, they got, they got the, they got some, some quote unquote chicken, chicken nuggies. They were, they were pretty good, and then I got a, they got a, a, a brew burger, which is, um, it's got like that Italian sausage or bratwurst taste to it, um, but it comes with like you know, different aiolis and pickles and slaws. It's fucking, it's absolutely delicious. I ate the shit out of it. I love it. Nice. So, yep, that's all I got for the vegan update. So, if you get a chance when you're ever out this way, if you end up near Winter Garden, uh, Crooked Can Brewing has a whole. Uh-huh building like that, a big long brick building like you would find in the Northeast with all kinds of little shops in it all through it, but it's all open air to where there's just like a little partition wall between each place. Yeah, like there's a butcher that's the way Henry Depot is. That's what I figured it was when you were describing it. Yeah, it's that same concept. So I'll have to check it out. I didn't know Crooked. I know I've heard of Crooked Can. I didn't know they had that. So. Yeah, and in Winter Garden downtown actually has a bunch of like really nice oh, yeah. stuff. We went we went down there for a date day one time and we went to like a French bakery and crooked can and you can get all kinds of bad for you food and, but still delicious. Yep. And the breweries, you know, got good beers and shit. So it's, it's a good time. Yeah. It's a, you can make a day of it. Yeah. Downtown winter garden is nice. I like it. I but, grew up in, uh, I grew up in the nightmare before winter garden. Okoe. Okoe. Yeah. Okoe. Oh, as the GPS calls it. Okoe. Well, fucking, did you get your trash or treasure figured out, or are we winging it this week? Nope, I've got a trash or treasure lined Hell up. Hell um, yeah. I'm actually super excited about it, uh, and I think it'll you'll struggle at first, but there's some dead giveaways to it that uh, I'll be able to hint at you for. All right, let's get this shit show on the road. This week's trash, 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 or treasure, trash, treasure, 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 treasure. All right, Mike, this gentleman... 
So I've given one clue out. Uh, was born June 28th, 1926, and is still alive. So Tony it's pretty Soprano. impressive in and of itself. Nope. He, James Gandolfini's dead. Oh. Um, but so this person is a director, writer, actor, comedian, producer, and composer. He is in a very exclusive club to have won Andrew an Lloyd Emmy, Webber. A, no, sir. Damn it. To have, he's won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Um, got a Hollywood walk of fame star in 2010. He's worked with a ton of impressive people. Um, I'll get to who that is here shortly. Uh, this person grew up without a father after age two. Um, was a drummer starting around age 14. Started making money that way and entertaining with it. Um, he fought in World War II. He was drafted uh, into the 1104th Engineer Combat Battalion. Uh, he was put into a special program I didn't even know existed, but then lost funding. Uh, he scored really high on testing. and He eventually got put uh, into the 78th Infantry Battalion defusing landmines as the Allies advanced into Nazi Germany. That seems like a terrible is, job to have. It does sound like a terrible job, but he was in service from 44 to 45. Um, the first thing this person ever did as far as producing, uh, they did the producers in 1967. It's the first film they did. Um, they were involved in the series get smart in 1965 through 70. I don't know if you ever watched that. Dick Tracy. No. <laughs> or no, Dick so Van Dyke. The fun- That's the dick I'm looking for. Right. You know, same black and white style stuff, but this yeah. person's known for having done um, kind of mockumentary, or not mockumentary, but mocking style stuff. He said he got really bored with all of the the commonplace family stuff, like the Dick Van Dyke, like the Lucille mm-hmm. Ball show, all that stuff. He said he wanted something more comic strippy, which is why he helped create um get smart which is kind of like a 007 but goofy mm-hmm. yeah yeah i watched get smart um, I watched dragon too because okay. it used to be on like nick at night when i was a kid just the facts ma'am yeah um the <laughs> for several years this person was toying with a bizarre and unconventional unconventional idea about a musical comedy of adolf hitler jesus yeah which became the producers um, this person has made many movies and TV series and, and musicals and stuff like that. A lot of them you could not make anymore because it'd be deemed extremely racist. Yeah. Um, this person has worked with Dom DeLuise and Frank Lagella. Um, got to scroll down. He's worked with Richard Pryor, hmm. Gene Wilder, Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. I think you're. Slim Pickens. Where are the white women at? Um, Chorus Leachman. Gene Hackman. Oh. Um, yeah, I think I'm there. Is this, okay, uh, well, then I'm going to get... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go no, ahead. You got more. No, because my, my next clue is going to be a dead tell for you. Oh, so okay. Go ahead. Is it Mel Brooks? It is Mel Brooks. Yeah. He's also worked with Paul Newman, Burt Reynolds, James... Like Ma- before. Yep. 
Yeah, he. Uh, that's why I felt like it was super fun. He has been married. I think it says three times, twice. So Florence Bommy divorced, and then Anne Bancroft. He was married from sixty four to oh five, and she passed away. But he's got four mm-hmm. kids. Um, went to college, but never graduated. Uh, obviously, is behind your favorite movie, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, he was involved in Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, Spaceballs. Once you know, just general ridiculousness. He he made the history of the world part one because he said one of the things he had not ever poked fun at was doing like a biblical story. And history of the world part one goes from like the dawn of man to the French Revolution. So he really enjoyed just poking at everything in a ridiculous fashion. Yeah. Um, Siskel and Ebert referred to him as one of the most successful comedic directors in the world as along with being called one of America's two funniest filmmakers. Um, so yeah, I couldn't even really find anything negative about him aside from if you were to try and make any of the, a lot of the movies that he did then now, a lot of the jokes yeah. would be completely unacceptable. Oh, and he obviously worked with Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Blinken. Hey, Blinken. Did you? No, he said, hey, Blinken. This is my friend, Achoo. Bless you. Sorry, I was trying to take a drink when you said that. Fuck. <laughs> a Jew in England. Bless you. But Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, his, if you, if you end up going to his wiki, he's got one, two, probably 10 things as a director. He's got probably 40 things that he was involved in acting or voiceover work or something of the sorts. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. He was in a bunch of television stuff. I mean, his career is noted as having gone from 1949 to present. So he's been doing something for like 70 years, essentially, in, in the industry. I want to say... Um, give me just a second. There was one he, there was a, there was something he did the voice for that fucking. Uh, he did the voices in the hotel Transylvania series. Well, he's, uh, he's the elephant in toy story four. Is he? There was something. Yeah. He did hotel Transylvania. He was in the Muppet movie. Man of Tights, did, Silence of the Hands. Work in Frasier, too. The Sim- okay, oh the, no, he played himself in The Simpsons. What the fuck was it? There was something he, he did. He was yeah. in the Get Smart Get Smart remake with Steve Carell. Yeah, yeah. That's, which is fun. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking, of, maybe it wasn't him. Oh, whatever. He played what Dracula's is? dad. <laughs> oh, no, 2019, Toy Story 4, Melephant Brooks. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, oh, a very interesting and impressive career. Oh, it was The Adventures of Jimmy, Jimmy Neutron. That's what it was. He was Santa Claus in, in the, the fucking one of the episodes. He, he did the voice for Santa Claus. I'm guessing it was probably one of the Christmas episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Holly Jolly Jimmy was the episode name. So, but... That's, that's I guess funny. that may have been what I was thinking of. I don't know. Maybe that wasn't. I don't know. Whatever. I thought he. I he's thought in Dora the Explorer. He's, yeah, I know he's. Um, he's like 
Phil Hendry is one of those great voice actors that not a lot of people know of. Um, but Phil Hendry is is as funny. But he like Phil Hendry does voices for BoJack Horseman, for Falcon Rick and Morty, for um, you know a lot of the the major cartoons. So right, I, yeah, it's kind of like Mel LeBlanc. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you know who that is Looney Tunes time frame. I just wanted to say yeah, <laughs> but but yeah. Well, so sure, that's that was, that's who I yeah. I went with this week. I figured yeah, it would I mean, be a kind of fun learning experience. He's not only is he a treasure, he's a national treasure. Uh, he is to be protected at all costs. We need Mel Brooks. Do you know where he's from? Uh, I do not. So, because now I have to scroll all the way back up to where I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born in Brooklyn, New York, but his parents, um, his father's family were German Jews from what is now Poland, and his mothers were Jews from Kiev which is the capital of Ukraine and was the Russian empire at the time. But oh, okay. So it's kind of cool. They're European Jews that moved here. He, uh, yeah. he had a comment at one point about that. He views himself as Jewish, but not because of religion so much as mm-hmm. it is that he believes he's like, I'm rather secular. I'm basically Jewish, but I think I'm Jewish, not because of the Jewish religion at all. I think it's the relationship with people and the pride. I have the tribe surviving so many misfortunes and being so brave and contributing so much knowledge to the world and showing courage. So kind of an interesting, interesting. situation there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, so I, I would, I'm a, I'm gonna say ahead. he's a treasure too. On, yep, uh, yeah. Yep. That I was, I don't ever want to find something wrong with somebody, but I was surprised that there wasn't anything other than blatant racism in the form of comedy or blatant comedic racism that is not considered okay any at this point yeah. in time. Yeah. Well, but you know, we, well, hopefully, like I said, he's a national treasure. Protect him at all costs. <laughs> him and Betty White. Hell yeah, him and Betty Betty White. Betty White. Well, fuck, buddy. I uh, I think I think that's all we uh. I I I got to get out of here. I got stuff to dizzy. Um, cause we uh we's in the middle of this fucking rent a rent a rent a model. Fucking god, shit's shit's out of control. <laughs> What's it cost to rent a model? I don't even want to talk about it. Don't want to <laughs> talk about it. Um, Multi billion dollar studio. More than it should have. We're we're at uh we're at seventeen billion currently. Jeez, um, yeah, and it's got another probably another studio. seventeen billion to go. So. And I'm over here bitching about buying a thousand dollars worth of audio editing equipment. <laughs> Hashtag wealth. But, all right, kids, so, uh, have fun, right, kids. Be safe out there. You. Don't do anything. Check crazy. us out on the social medias. Definitely do. We, that. Uh, we always appreciate a uh, share, a like, a comment, anything like that. Still looking for explanations on Amber Alert. Yep, yep, definitely that. I'm still. I think I'm gonna start. Uh, I think I'm gonna start closing the show out with um, thoughts. You know, maybe something to to keep the the listeners' mind going. You know, in this time between episodes. Um, so this week, my thought is: take your time, take it serious. Should I buy me a watch or an aquarium? Catch you guys next week. Bye. Thump it. See ya. See ya. Hey, kids. You've reached the end of the podcast. That's it. There's nothing more here. Just dead air in this closing statement. We appreciate your diligence, though. 
Now go back about your day and come back for the next show. Or listen again. In fact, that sounds like a better plan. Grab another show. That's what I'm doing right now. Whoever listens the most wins. You don't really win anything, really. Just the memories of better times, which is winning in my book. All right, well, this is the actual end. Hand banana. <laughs>